All right, guys, it is time for what I believe is becoming an annual tradition around here in ship chasing. I bust out the Google Sheets and we do a dynasty rookie mock draft. This year, we're bringing in some of our friends. We got JJ, the late round QB, Blair from Rotoviz, and a new face around here, Ron Stewart. You guys might know him hanging around uh, in the ship chasing VIPs, also his terrific YouTube channel. We are going to do a 12 team mock. Each of us are going to have two teams and we are going to go through it. And of course, yes, we will find out who is this year's Jalen Weidermeyer all tonight on Ship Chasing. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm hot. Anita Handjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Canarius Tony? You can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. All right, I know I know Blair's no no stranger to the ship chasing, but Ron and JJ, I believe this is your guys' first time on ship chasing somehow. JJ, have you been on before? I don't know, man. I don't know. I've been <laughs> I, I do I do shows with each of you individually yeah. a decent bit, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I've been on or not. When you, you seem excited to be on it, I'm I'm so <laughs> When you jumped well, on before the show, I was like, I, I mean, we've definitely done pods together. I was like, this might be the first time I've done video with you. Maybe you've never been on ship chasing. That's, that's awesome. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Well, JJ, I will say you are the exact <laughs> type of person that I feel so bad asking to do a show at night. And this isn't saying you're a boomer, but I do just feel like you're like, dude, I'm in bed by 10. Like, why are you asking me to be up? Yeah, I mean, like, look, this, 30. Is, this is past my bedtime for sure. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you doing it. And then Ron, on the other hand, just revealed he was up till 3 a.m. playing video games. So you, oh you're just God. getting started tonight. Yeah, I fell asleep on this couch last night. I truly hate to say it. Um, MLB <laughs> The Show came out last night and I couldn't put it down. <laughs> so oh, I cannot relate to the, uh, you know, East Coast going dad to bed life. early, everything. Yeah, East Coast dads. <laughs> I, I don't think I fit that uh, demographic uh awesome uh blair how are you doing normally i feel like we have a guitar in the background you got the you got the bookshelf going today though that's right change it up a little bit today wanted to feel smarter for this mock draft so break out the bookshelf there you go yeah i will not be able to question any of your selections because of the rich mahogany bound books behind you is is how it works uh pat how are you doing the chat was mentioning it you did an awesome uh podcast with jj earlier everyone should check that out what's going on in your world yeah good prep for this podcast because we talked through the rookie class uh we hyped up izzy abanacanda which was pretty good timing uh, to do that yeah kind of kind of last call for for the hype and we got it in um yeah, so everyone should check that pod out. It was a good one. I've been I, laughing about the Izzy stuff because I'm uh, famously in a million underdog slow drafts, and I've been logging into mine today in like 17th round, and he's gone the pick before me now. Oh. Like every time I look, and I'm like, this JJ and Pat Steve, it's coming in, coming in <laughs> hot the right day, now. The pro day steam is <laughs> the really pro day what it helps is. too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gretch, how are you doing? Good. I have been, you know, with all the Omni stuff and everything else, I've been talking about how I am way behind on the prospect stuff. I'm the the sixth man here. But I got up to speed today with your guys' pod, with JJ's uh, awesome uh, prospect guide with all the Rotovist stuff. Read, read a Blair, right? Andrew's piece today. So, yeah, I've been, I've been crunching for this draft today. Last-minute prep for my first <laughs> mock draft. Wow. 
Gretchen, I, I think I'll be good through like the first five or six picks. And then, you know, I'm going to start looking for the next Jalen Weidermeyer, I think is my strategy for tonight. I'm so I'm afraid I'm going to be the Jalen Weidermeyer <laughs> guy this year. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's going to be shooting fish in a barrel though, for us, if we're trying to find late round tight ends, I mean, this is the year to try to unearth a late round uh, prospect, but this is how this is going to go. Um, because we want to make sure it's like a 12 team mock draft, which most of you will be doing when you're doing your dynasty drafts. We are each going to have two selections in the round and to make it fair we will each have one selection in the top six picks and one selection in the back half of the draft i have used uh the incredibly powerful model to determine this it is called random.org uh right here i am going to get uh ron how many times should i randomize this for this is for picks one through six give me 14 14 okay all right yeah, i'm I mean, sorry 14 jj just... just said it's past his bedtime you want me to randomize this 14 <laughs> times all right one two oh i didn't know it three, takes so long three, <laughs> nine, <laughs> six, seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen all right jj did get rewarded oh, from this on. the influencer 101 <laughs> right here uh JJ, how many times do I randomize this for the back half of the draft? Uh, two. Two. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> one and two. Pat is going to have the one seven. Uh, Gretch, the 112. And uh, I will get the Google Sheet going. This is um, a special service I offer for uh, mock drafters. Um, I will let you know my rates. But JJ, let's, let's just get right off to it. The 101, we are doing a super flex tight end premium rookie draft this was the format invented by david kitchen so we do need to pay our respects <laughs> to him but jj the 101 it's part of his dream the, <laughs> the floor <laughs> is yours uh who's the 101 in this in this class um you know i you know pat and i actually had a, a little bit of a discussion about this uh on his show where um you know you could maybe make the argument in a, in a super flex league to go the quarterback route uh, even though Bijan's on the board, but I think that uh, that I will be going with the best prospect, r- running back prospect since Saquon Barkley in Bijan Robinson with this with this one on one pick. And I, I heard you guys talking about a little bit and how you know in hindsight maybe this would start to look silly. Do you think if we had more of a locked and loaded? 101 like pro like if we had a trevor lawrence or a joe burrow do you think this would be a harder conversation yeah for sure i mean like yeah i i think it would be it would be more difficult for sure you know i i, I personally you know whenever i'm building my dynasty rosters my super flex rosters you know i'm in leagues with a lot of you guys and uh you know i'm building through quarterback uh because of, of the way that they just number one and can appreciate in value but also uh their currency in super flex leagues and uh, you know, I, I do. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think I mentioned this to Pat. I wouldn't be surprised if a Stroud or a Bryce Young is is ranked ahead of or close to Bijan uh, entering year two. If one of those guys blows up in year in year one or has a good season, it just seems like at this point in time, Robinson is just so bust proof that uh, that it feels it feels pretty easy to click that button with him at one on one. I was Did- listening to your guys' pod today, and I felt like you guys were making a decent case for quarterback because everything you just said about it being mm-hmm. a value store. I mean, these, these, this is a pretty good quarterback class. They don't have to do a ton to maintain like year two startup value 
for like Lance and Fields was still like second round picks and startups, right? Like yeah. we are at a place right now with the quarterback position. I mean, Stroud's a good prospect, right? I mean, I think is there something to say if you're not in a win now roster, you you probably shouldn't be going like Bijan because good running back prospects can bust. Yeah. No, I don't think it's like a horrible hor- like like if if I'm not ready to take on Robinson, I think it's fine to just get as much as you can out of a trade for that. I don't think that you necessarily have to force the the issue with uh, one of the quarterbacks. I can tell you, like I I published my <laughs> rankings today on my Patreon, uh, my 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 Superflex rankings, um, and I, I included rookies this month uh, with, with the update. And right now, Robinson's like a late first in Superflex, late first round pick in startups, and then I have. Uh, you know, Stroud and Bryce Young as like a late second. So like, it's not like, you know, of course there's a value difference there, but it's not like it's so, so dramatic that like I would fault someone for wanting to go that direction. But because you're sitting there where we know the 101 has a value of X and the value and, and, and 102 is X minus Y, you might as well try to get that yeah. difference in a trade instead of just forcing the issue with the quarterback. Is there anyone on the panel who would not be taking Bijan 101? Crickets? I think I might <laughs> I, I, I might make a case for Stroud. Because I, I do think there is, I think the obviously this is not an attack on JJ. I think everyone is saying Bijan is 101. I think there is something to be said about the we've been really fortunate with the really good running back prospects over the last five or so years. Jonathan Taylor's hit, Saquon Barkley has hit. Brees Hall hit. There were other prospects. Maybe they weren't as good at the time, but top. I mean, there was the year that Bishop Sankey was the top dynasty running back. Obviously, he wasn't on Bijan Robinson's level as a prospect, but we've made mistakes further back into the history. We've had less of running Mark back. Ingram. Mark Ingram was a really, really highly regarded prospect. Trent, Trent Richardson, one, man. Richardson. Trent Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Injuries yeah. can happen. Like, Bijan Robinson could land in a bad spot too especially pre-draft there's possibilities that he could land in a spot that just i mean there are tough spots for running back i Brees hall just showed that he you know you can kind of overcome even zach wilson at quarterback if you're good enough but i i, I think i would make a case that like from a from a long-term dynasty perspective that uh cj stroud if we really are pretty confident he's going to go one-on-one we know the draft capital is 100 there i mean Bijan could fall a little bit too compared to we're all thinking top half of the first round potentially for him. Right. But he could be end of the first round. It could be second round still probably. Right. I mean, there there's reasons that his value could not be as strong by year two and year three. I think you can make the case for the likely one-on-one overall quarterback. I don't know. I think he's going to do the most for your team this year and he'll be worth the most of every rookie in this class. Probably next year and it's at a position where like austin eckler is going to fall way off in value like redraft value christian mccaffrey is going to fall way off in redraft value saquon barkley is going to fall way off so he gives you this really really rare opportunity i think if you're yeah if you're competing obviously you take Bijan, but i think even if you're kind of like in the mix because you can but is it just that there's no other RB one like he has to be the dynasty RB one well, because there is no other option for and that, right and <laughs> his his prospect profile is is a beautiful thing like he yeah. he's coming along at the right time but he yeah. also is that guy as, as a prospect profile I think if he misses he's like Joe Mixon or Leonard Fournette would be like a really bad outcome in turn but those guys 
were like pretty productive. And then they just, they never were superstars is my point. Like nope. I think his, his downside risk is like still, not that bad the one thing speaking of downside risk like if you look historically at startup adp and and rookie running backs that get drafted this high in a startup draft like first two rounds first three rounds i mean they generally all appreciate in value year over year i mean it's a very even guys who don't do very well still are highly sought after i mean you can make the same argument for high-end wide receivers too but when they're the when they're this good from a prospect standpoint they very rarely will lose that value year over year. So um, there's more of a value store than I'm thinking there is. That's that's a good point. You kind of yeah, made like, this I, point I think... to me with Pitts, Ben. You got me like, and that was a good point. And Pitts appreciated in value after his rookie year a lot. Right. You know, even though after then after the next year we were like, oh no. But <laughs> yeah. they they will that between the rookie and the sophomore year, I think Bijan's value is going up. It's going up. Yeah, you you can see a scenario too. I mean, we we know that quarterback is like I, I like Stroud too, but like you know, we know that quarterback is a relative crapshoot at times, and that like like people just get turned off by quarterbacks very very quickly. Um, I mean, we're seeing it with like Trey Lance right now. Um, and so you know, I, I think I, I think it, it it it's a safe the safest bet uh, is Bijan. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think the other thing. We can talk more about this as we continue making picks. But, I mean, these guys, Stroud and Young, are not even necessarily going to give you a lot of fantasy production in year one since they don't really run the ball a lot. Right. So that's my issue yeah, with I think Stroud. He, he it'd be easy be for runner, people to sour on them after a disappointing year one if they're not really good passers. Well, they don't show the ceiling that they can compete with like a Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts in scoring long term. If they're just a back end QB one for their whole career, that's not right. That's yeah. not sexy. Yeah. Well, speaking of sexy, speaking of rushing, <clears throat> speaking of just hanging dong. Go for it. Oh, God. Go for it. <laughs> Number two, AR 15, bitches. Come on down. You guys can talk about your CJ Stroud. You want to talk about not having consequences with a pick? It's in a mock draft in a Google sheet in March, baby. We're taking <laughs> Anthony Richardson, sky-high ceiling, best athlete uh, we've seen at the quarterback position of all time. Come on, Anthony Richardson. Poke holes in my selection. I'm just glad my 106 is off the board before I'm up at 106. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I don't think anyone should do this. Because you should take Bijan Robinson, but like if you were gonna make the argument, Ben, that you were making, I think it's with Anthony Richardson because that's the guy you can't get. That's the guy you're not. You can't go to Josh Allen, you know, or Jalen Hurts's owner and say, "I want him." There, it's very difficult to get those guys in trade. He at least gives you a, a tiny, tiny sliver of of that potential outcome. Stroud, I feel like you're getting, I don't know, like maybe a Dak Prescott or something. Like it's just, it's actually you can go to the trade market and find that guy. Mm-hmm. Ron, where are you at on how you would approach the uh, the two three spot here with these with these quarterbacks and superflex? I actually have like I I made a little cheat sheet of you know rankings to the side here. It, Anthony Richardson was my one hundred two as well. Um, Let's go. I I agree too. Like CJ Stroud and um, even Bryce Young, they kind of come off as like Tua ish type assets, like sort of like Jared mm-hmm. Goff early on. They could definitely be good, but you kind of they almost have to realize that ceiling and that value ceiling in Dynasty to you know get into the first round. You have to thread such a thin needle as a passer with them. Like they have to sort of challenge for like 35 plus passing touchdowns to get into that, you know, difference making quarterback production. With Anthony Richardson, he could be a league average passer. And I really don't think he's as raw as sort of everybody says with Anthony Richardson. I know 
the completion percentage isn't great. Um, and he kind of comes off as like, maybe not Josh Allen-ish, but uh, you know, one of these guys who are projects, right? Like a Will Levis. But I think the difference is, is that he doesn't take uh, terrible sacks. I've been messing around with like yeah. EPA lost on sacks <clears throat> recently. And Will Levis had like minus 23.4 this year, which is like awful. He's just like taking bad sacks. And you have a guy like Anthony Richardson who's running around, right? Like Justin Fields took horrible sacks last year. And Richardson was only at minus 7.1, which was like less than Bryce Young. So he's not, he's not, you know, messing around in the pocket and like taking terrible, terrible negative plays. He's poised and natural in the pocket and not being, you know, frantic and stuff. So I think that there's a lot of room to grow. I don't think that he is as low floor of a guy as a passer as some people think. I like it, Ron. He's my 102 as well. He's your 102, Pat? Yeah, I have him 102. The NFL is definitely moving. I mean, that was a big storyline from last year. The mo- mobility of QBs, the ways the defenses are playing, what's that that's allowed offenses to do in the running game and in the passing game as teams are playing deep. I mean, like his his athletic everything you just said, and then and then his athleticism, I think, just fits where the NFL is moving right now so well at the quarterback position that I mean it's it's not it's not hard to make the case. And I do think the Anthony Richardson combo, and just because I have best ball brain, it is like a little different for redraft, right? Where there is some risk, like, you know, if the Seahawks take him and sit him behind Gino, like <laughs> then, then you burn a pick. But obviously dynasty is an entire different conversation. And does it change your fact for or your opinion on him if he were to sit a year for dynasty? Or for you guys, is it just like, no, I'm, I'm playing the long game here anyways? I think you kind of have to assume that going in with, with Richardson, that, that it's not, you know, a, a front half, at least front half of, of yeah. 2023 type situation. Um, you know, I, I also think, you know, I talked to Pat about this a little bit yesterday, but I also think that like, he's like the slam dunk QB one in single quarterback leagues, you know, mm. like very, very easy to go that route. Cause it doesn't matter. Right. Like if you miss on that, it's not a big deal. I can understand though, like the safety, at least like, especially pre-draft, right? Because we still don't know for sure what's going on with, with Richardson and where he's going to land and how this is going to go. We all assume he's probably going to go top 10 in the draft, but like, you know, what if this becomes sort of like a Malik Willis situation like last year where he just falls way, way further than we expect. And then all of a sudden you're drafting these, you know, you're drafting him over a Stroud or a, uh, or a Bryce Young in a super flex league. And you're going to be punching yourself in the nuts after, after doing that. Um, and so I, th- I think that's the, the, the anti Richardson argument right now. I think once we officially see these top five, top 10 draft capital, then the conversation is going to really, really heat up because I think we'd all agree that from a just strictly ceiling standpoint, he's got it in this class of, of, yeah. the, of the big three. That's a great point. I mean, that's, that's part of why I, I really do have him six, but it's, it's largely because of that concern. I think there's more risk that he can fall than, than the fantasy community is like, I, I think he's, uh, like, he's look helped at Roto- by the fact. I, I, I'm looking at Rotovis's. So I think he's helped by that. I'm looking at Rotovis's pre-combine mock drafts, and I love Rotovis. You guys had him in the middle of the second round, Blair, pre-combine. I think what, yeah. since the combine, we've all gotten really excited, um, and rightfully so, right? And the NFL is going to get more excited by those combine numbers. And, and and if he goes top ten, like JJ said, then I think it all comes together. But there is some concern still that we're, you know we're accelerating too fast. I don't know. Um. All right, let's uh let's head to Blair here with the the one three. Uh, what are you doing here, Blair? All right, um, gonna go off off my usual blueprint and take Jameer Gibbs here. 
Oh, okay. I I don't know if I would have uh, guessed this pick from you. Uh, speak on that. Uh, I mean, I think Gibbs, if Bijan weren't in the class, we'd be talking about him as the 101. He's got uh, those uh, Alvin Kamara vibes, so I'm here for it. And I feel like the detractors, when they bring up Gibbs, they talk about his weight. I mean, what are... Like, what are some comps or, like, realistic kind of production outcomes that you're hoping for with Gibbs? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not really worried about his weight. I think, um, you know, we've seen small running backs have a lot of success. I mean, you know, when I bring up these comps, they're going to sound ridiculous. But if we're talking, like, Eckler and McCaffrey, then you you see how these small guys um, – and hit. I'm just pulling up some of his sims in the box score scout. Sorry, bad radio. You're good. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, did would you guys? Because and the, it does start to really get interesting with the superflex combo because we we're talking about Stroud at yeah. two, and now we took another quarterback and Gibbs over him. And I, I know JJ and Pat when you guys were talking about him. The other day, you were talking to how he might be someone like DeAndre Swift, where it takes even a little while until he yeah. actually starts to get used in a way that's really productive for fantasy. Yeah, I, I think he's someone who, again, is going to be able to probably hold value year over year because we generally see that with higher end running backs. But I do have concerns. I, I, I personally have concerns about the weight, um, not because like he didn't hit a 200-pound threshold or something like that, and I'm just like, yeah, get out of here. You're not 200 pounds. Pat and I joked about how he didn't drink enough milk that day. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, in, in that uh, – I have that belief. But, uh, you know, we do generally see, like, 210-plus-pound backs uh, just fare better in fantasy. And if you, if you adjust that even for, uh, you know, where guys are being selected in the draft, because obviously we don't see a ton of these, like, smaller backs get drafted in round two or as day two picks – and so obviously, you know, that there's a uh, th that's definitely a consideration you have to think about. Um, but historically, it's just tough because when you really find and I'm curious to see what what Rotoviz is saying about um, the comps and stuff, because it feels like his comps to get good ones. You have to go back to like the 2000 to, to 2010 range, like to get like the CJ Spillers, the Chris Johnson, like those kind and Reggie Bush, like those kinds of players. Um, whereas like in, in my model that. I find comps that are based on 2011 and onward. It's like Isaiah Peed and Giovanni Bernard, you know? So it's just a little bit tough. I mean, I think there's a little bit of volatility to his profile, but I think from a value standpoint, he should be able to hold value year over year. Best receiving back in this class, super, super dynamic, uh, really, really good player. I just have those concerns about what his, his workload might look like. And then those comps are just, you know, it's just, it's tough to find those really accurate ones. No, that's a good point. Isaiah, Isaiah Peed is one that does show up near the top. Bernard's on this list too. Going back a little farther, you get Javid Best, which is kind of interesting. And then the other guys are all are all about 15 pounds heavier. So, um, you know, you get like ETN and and uh, DeMarco Murray, Cam Akers, but those guys are a little bit bigger. So there is something uh, there's something a little bit off there. I mean, the one thing, if a guy is going to be going to come in under 200 and be really small, you want him to be super fast, which Gibbs was. So, yeah. And you want him to uh, be an elite uh, receiving back. Exactly. And th there's also something to be said for the fact that like 
not a lot of sub 200 pound guys play at Alabama and get mm-hmm. used like Gibbs got used. Yeah. So it's like, he's not, he is kind of a unique guy. I, I it's worry those- about if you're taking him over the quarterbacks, I don't know that he's going to increase a ton in value. I think I agree with JJ. I think he'll hold value, but I don't know that he doesn't profile a guy as a guy who as a rookie is going to get workhorse volume. Like even CMC didn't get workhorse volume as a, as a rookie. And then he turned into the league's biggest workhorse. So that would be my concern with taking him over the quarterbacks. Your point about him at Alabama, it was just making me think it's one of the things about comps where you guys talked about this in your pod as well. Like it's not an easy class to comp. I, I'm a, a noted kind of hater of comps in general. I think we rely on them too much. Like I feel like every player is pretty unique. We comp these guys. And then after they play a year and play a couple of years, it's like, yeah, well, that guy was way different. Like we now know who that guy is. Like he is a different thing than yeah. anyone else. Every, every player in the NFL, like we never comp veterans who have played in the NFL with each other very rarely. Right. Like I do sometimes <laughs> so occasionally there, there's a yeah. couple like smaller co- cohorts, but for the most part, it's like, Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson's Justin Jefferson. Like all of these dudes are exactly who they are. They're their own little delicate flowers, as I like to joke. <laughs> and like, and I think Gibbs, like your point about the Alabama undersized back, they actually used him. Like that seems relevant to me. Like he and he was good there. Yeah. I would also just say Gibbs, the things he does well, like if he he does things that dynasty managers will love, right? If he breaks off some 60 yard touchdown runs, like a la the CJ Spiller comps, and he's catching a few balls, dynasty managers will be very happy to extrapolate a workload increase in year two, you know, like they will <laughs> yeah, they will. that yes, story, will. no matter how realistic it is or not. That's true. That's actually a really strong counter to my point of, of him not increasing in value. Like he could just increase on, in value purely on hype. Like, yeah. <laughs> CMC broke out in year two. What's happening? I mean, yeah. I mean, to be, be fair, Kenneth, though, right? to be fair, Kenneth Walker kind of did that this past year. Like, Ken, yeah. like Walker mm-hmm. was not a pass catcher, was not that great of a run. I mean, like he had those monster home run plays, but he was dead last in the league in success rate. He was dead last in the league <laughs> in gaining positive yards. And he still became the dynasty like RB3 despite you know all yeah. of that i mean he's a good player don't get me wrong but it's not like he like was nearly as good as what the the market probably probably thinks of him so it's just one of those things like these these running backs gain value just generally speaking you know when, when they're drafted in startups in the first like two or three rounds and and also because of what we just talked about how there's this gap usually at the top of not always but especially right now at the top of running back we're like we don't want the old running backs anymore so the new ones have yeah. to take their yeah. place they have to be the top three running backs yeah all right ron you're on the clock with pick four. We are known to piss yellow around here every once in a while. Are you going to grab a quarterback? Yeah, I'm going to take a quarterback. Um, I'll take I'll take Bryce Young here. Ooh. Um, mm. Really, uh, I actually love Jameer Gibbs. Really, the issue for me is, like, I think as much as I, I was sort of saying, you know, like Jared Goff and Tua are kind of like the range of outcomes for these quarterbacks, I think as well, like, they could also be, you know, a lot better than that and, you know, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow-ish, I guess. Um, but, like, go in a dynasty league right now, and if you try and trade for, like, even, like, the back-end QB1s, like the Sean Watson, like, if you go out there and try and, like, field a reasonable offer for, like, the Sean Watson or Prescott, Kyler, like, Lamar Jackson, like, any of these guys, it's almost impossible to even get into that conversation. But now, like, outside of, like, Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson, like, if you're going to try and, like, get two firsts in return for your running back, it's going to be a pretty tough conversation to have. So, naturally, if a quarterback like Bryce Young, like C.J. Stroud, they both go, you know, top two in the NFL draft, then I guess the way I see it is they have a path 
to, you know, first round startup value. Like if you look at startups right now, it's eight to 10 quarterbacks and it's like, it's, it's Chase Jefferson and it's eight to 10 quarterbacks. So I'll just take whatever position can get me in there. Um, I lean Bryce Young. I think like literally I'll have him back to Mac in my rankings, like my startup rankings. I'll have him probably middle of the second round of startups, like back to back. I only lean Bryce Young. I think there's a little bit more rushing upside uh, than CJ Stroud. I think it's a little bit less like statue. So if I have two guys that I think are very comparable, uh, I'll just take the guy who I think has a little bit more rushing upside uh, in Bryce Young. Like his rushing yard market share was a little bit better. Uh, I was looking at um, PFF. I don't know if I have the stat with me, um, but they take out sacks from rushing yards, which is nice because like college reference or whatever uh, yeah. includes sacks. His rushing in his final year wasn't bad at all. Uh, Bryce Young, he had 311 rushing yards and four touchdowns, I believe. I wish I had Shroud on me too, but I don't. Uh, but 311 rushing yards and four touchdowns is like decent. You know, that's like around where you're, you're hoping he's obviously not going to be in like the Lamar Jackson area, but you're hoping that he can get into the, you know, three fantasy points on uh, per game on the ground. Like I think like Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Mahomes were sort of in that area this yeah. year. Uh, I don't think yeah. it'd be crazy to see young slip in that area. Love it. Um, does anyone else have young over Stroud or are you guys all Stroud over young? I have young over Stroud. I've got over young, but I don't, I don't have like a massively strong opinion on it. I just love that it like, I, I was talking about Richardson <laughs> six in my list, but like this top six really, and I, it was nice to get the six pick. Cause I'm just going to let you guys decide for me, but it's, it's really tight. Right. Like, and, and so the guy who's minus 300 to be the one one hasn't been taken yet through four <laughs> picks. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, but like, you can make a really strong case for all these guys. I wasn't really trying to knock Richardson when I said that. And that's why I keep going back to it. It's like, yeah, it's where I landed on it, but I wanted to have him second too. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, these are all viable picks and it seems really flat this year. Is that for any of you guys, I, I think conventional wisdom is Stroud to the Panthers, Young to the Texans. Is that factoring in? Like, do you guys prefer Panthers, Texans as like a landing spot or is it just like all things are equal here? They're both pretty awful, if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like you could talk me into like uh, the Panthers bringing in like Reich and McCown and like, you know, like that seems like a very uh, functional. These guys are coming here. They're having their pick of the litter. Like it's not like, you know, them just getting planted a quarterback. Like I, is Luffy Smith even still on the Texans? Like I don't even know what like infrastructure they have in place <laughs> over there. Uh, PFF Bobby. They got PFF Bobby. PFF. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. I don't know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take like I, I think they're both pretty, pretty terrible spots. Yeah, I I think the Texans is a pretty good spot. I think you're getting Shanahan style offense coming in, and like Bryce Young is kind of Tua E, but he's like Tua E with like more fun scramble stuff going on. And that I have him number two as well because I agree with you, Ron. I think he's got a little bit more willingness to run, and you do worry about the size with that. But he scrambled more. He also had uh, some really nice throws under pressure. And I think that's pretty like a guy who's looking to scramble and is like hitting deep throws under pressure is a pretty decent fantasy profile. Plus, he's very, very accurate. Great thrower anyway. Um, so I slightly prefer Bryce Young. Plus, I think the landing spot is like maybe significantly better because the Panthers are just like Reich. I don't think is a bad coach, but I don't know that they, they've just like, they've been in the wilderness for so long. Not the Texans haven't. But if you're getting a Shanahan style offense there, um, with a little bit maybe more analytically minded staff, I'd rather have my quarterback go there. 
All right. Let's uh, let's go then to Pat. You do have pick five here. Gretch said nice top six tier for him. So uh, who's going to be your pick at five? I'm going to pick Stroud, even though I just uh, butted him a little bit. But right. I, I think everything Ron said about the, the the market, I would love to take JSN here just for fun. But like, you need him to hit like his high end outcome, and then like if he turns into CD Lamb, like cool. But is CD Lamb worth more than you know a, a really solid starter? And the other the other thing is that uh, at quarterback, I mean, the other thing is the the NFL seems to be shifting a little bit. Where like you if you're not as protected as one of these veterans as you would have been like five or 10 years ago, like the bottom's falling out on some of the veteran quarterbacks. So to get a guy who's on a rookie quarter quarterback deal um, and looks like, you know, he'll be like a pretty productive guy. Then it's just like that safety plus production combo. That's really hard to find at the most important position. Um. Checking in on the chat here, shouldn't it uh, be back-to-back? Gretch, guys, catch up. Watch from the beginning. We drew straws for one through six. And the back half, um, anyone else have thoughts on C.J. Stroud? He does like feel like the vanilla pick here, but it, do you guys see some upside with Stroud? I think the upside would be that he runs more than he did in college, I think. Uh, we, we saw that a little bit with Fields, too, coming out of, out of Ohio State. Um, so, you know, and he has the size profile over over young, obviously, to to potentially be able to do that. So I think it's sort of like the unknown of that rushing profile and him really unlocking that and unleashing that in the NFL. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't come to fruition. It's not going to come to fruition the way that it did with Justin Fields by any means. But, um, you know, there could be a little bit more juice there than what he, he showed off in college. Yeah. Um, all right, Gretch, you get to do it. It sounds like you had a tear break here. Yeah, it's JSN for me. Uh, I do want to say for Stroud, these really smart people have convinced me that he shouldn't be the one-on-one. Because, um, I mean, all those rushing takes are, are I mean, are very valid. Um, but, yeah, JSN, incredibly good. Only ran 40 routes last year. I don't think we should even talk about that really at all. Well, he ran 69 his freshman year. Basically, I mean, we have the one season where he ran about 400 routes but it wasn't a tremendous season. Um, mostly looking at all these types of people's work. The one thing that I like to dig into a little bit sort of on my own, I'm a sucker for targets per out run. I uh, went and dug up the college targets per out run stuff. He was really, really good that year. 20 over 28%. Garrett Wilson was 28.9. JSN was 28.1. And Alave was 24.8% tar- uh, percent of their routes that they were targeted on. Alave was the highest a dot and, and Wilson was a higher a dot than Jason as well. He's a, he's the lower a dot at 9.3 a um, lot fewer like air yards than Alave, even though he, you know, was seeing more targets, but the fact that in that offense uh, he was that productive, obviously we know the, the, the yardage and the TDs and all the stats. And then I don't know that we're talking enough about what he could be as a prospect when we see how good his agility numbers were. And he ran a pretty solid 40. Like he, is a better athlete than I expected him to be. He's he actually, I didn't think like I was talking last year when we were watching football on the show. I was like, he doesn't look like he's that good of an athlete. He's a good athlete, dude. Like he's a really agile. He's like 99th percentile agility drills at receiver yeah. over at Rotovis. I was looking at their workout combine, uh, you know, percentiles earlier today. Like it's like that good. It's, it's a peak, peak, peak. 
for what he's going to do in the NFL, like he's such a high floor guy. I'm a, su- I mean, I play all PPR. I'm a sucker for a guy like this in, in PPR. Like he's going to be a really good high floor PPR guy. I don't think like the Juju comps are fair because Juju, I mean, I, I think Juju was really good. And then injuries probably, I don't, I don't know that, like what, I don't know that we know what Juju is, right? Like JSN's going to be really good. <laughs> JSN's going to be good. Yeah. Does uh, does any? I mean, JSN seems like the slam dunk pick here. Would anyone have done anything differently? No. Yeah, Ron. What are your thoughts on JSN? Where are you at? Is he too slow to be uh, an elite uh, NFL producer? Uh, no. I don't really look at forty yard dash a ton. I do love um, like the fact that he is an elite agile uh, agility athlete because that's all that really matters for him. Like I. If he's running out of the slot with an under 10 yard ADOT with a 4240, like what do we really care about that? You know what I mean? <laughs> but the fact that, you know, in a telephone booth, change of uh, direction, like quickness and all that, the fact that he's like amazing at that, um, it's really nice to see because it fits his skill set. It's like lockstep with what he actually does on the field. Uh, take it for what you want in terms of hands in the dirt. Like the, the I was watching the, uh, the combine feed on my uh, computer when it was happening. All the coaches were gushing about him and like the gauntlet drills and stuff. Uh, I think that there's honestly a chance that he goes top 10 in the draft. I know that he's sort of slipping to the, you'll see him in the twenties. It wouldn't shock me if he goes like ninth to the bears or, you know, I think like one of the later spots would be like 12th to the Texans. So uh, I think he'll get drafted a lot earlier than people think. Uh, I agree with Brett Gretsch too, just throwing out year three. Like his profile is sort of like, uh, I would call it like Jamar chase light out of the slot where it's like nothing in year one, crazy year two with like NFL producers there. And then you can just sort of write off your three. I think if he sort of sat out like Jamar Chase did, like he might be like a lock to go like top five, top 10 right now. If he just said, mm-hmm. hey, guys, I'm going to prepare for the draft. Um, I'm good. I'm playing this year. So, yeah, he's my wide receiver one as well. Blair, what would you rather see from him? Like get, you know, say top 12 draft capital like Ron's talking about. Go and have the chance to be the number one on a team like the Bears or the Texans. Or would you rather have him get a better quarterback in the back half of the draft, but maybe be more of like a Devonta Smith to an AJ Brown type. Oh, good question. I think, man, that's so hard to say because it depends on like the specific situation. I think even if he ended up going in the back half uh, to a team with a good quarterback, he could still end up taking that number one wide receiver spot. Um, Yeah. I mean, in the right situation, I think you're talking about like Cooper cup upside. So, Wow. Yeah, that's a good call. So, uh, in yeah, terms of at least statistically, I love that. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't think it would be a problem if he slipped a little bit. Um, you know, obviously a lot had to go right for Cup to have the sort of seasons he did. So if you see JSN go to the Bears, maybe, uh, we're kind of a little more skeptical about that outcome happening, but. Yeah, I meant more when I said statistically, I didn't mean this you know, twenty <laughs> plus touchdowns or whatever. I meant more like a dot and, and, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. ability to create yak and some big plays even out of the slot, like he did in, in some of his big seasons. Uh, JJ, any JSN thoughts before we uh, move on? No, I mean I, I think that that the fear with JSN is that he's just a slot guy. Like that's what people would throw out there as the con to JSN. But if he's going to get drafted in the first round or the top half of the first round, he's going to play the perimeter. A team's not going to draft him that high and just throw him in the slot. Um, you know, we Pat and I talked about, you know, a guy like C.D. Lamb who played the slot a lot but can play the perimeter. Or, you know, you look at my my like favorite, he didn't he didn't necessarily comp in my model this way, but 
Uh, I think that what we're looking at is someone who is going to produce similar to like Keenan Allen at the NFL level where, uh, you know, half of his routes are going to come from, from the slot. Probably he can still play the perimeter, but he's that technician in the middle of the field. I just think he's like a Keenan Allen plus. I mean, he, I mean, Keenan Allen was a great prospect too, but he didn't test the same way. You know, I had that injury and stuff coming out, but uh, I, I think JSN, you know, has even more upside than that. But I think that's sort of like the way that he's going to accumulate points cup right like cup was kind Poor of cup. slot only for a few years and then yeah. started being like the 100 routes guy yep. yeah yeah at, at some point and playing outside in two wide receiver sets yep and jsn was an even in a different stratosphere than cup as far as like the agility stuff too like i mean his profile is is pretty sick um when yeah. you factor in the production and the agility stuff and then his 40 was fine too it wasn't like that ended up being a knock it was basically neutral right. um there uh all right pat you now I feel like this is more of a choose your own adventure spot here yeah. in this format. This the, so what are you thinking? This is a spot you don't want to be in. This you try to you you bang down Gretch's door to trade up to get JSN. <laughs> or you, you try to trade down, I think, because I'm gonna take Will Levis. Oh, <laughs> I don't like oh, that. No. That's what it. I had I'm next to no, I'm I'm with you, Pat. I'm with you. That's what, that's what I would have taken. It's no fun at all. But look, guys, I drafted a lot of Daniel Jones. I drafted a lot of Zach Wilson. <laughs> I drafted a lot of Justin Herbert, though. You know, this sometimes works really well. It sometimes is a total disaster. And sometimes you get Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones comps really closely to Levis for me. Uh, Levis has, like, a pretty big arm, I guess, but he doesn't really throw deep. Um, he's, he's like, pretty mobile. He, he scrambled a little bit. Um, he takes sacks, like, horribly. He's even worse than Jones at taking sacks. So... I don't know. Otherwise, how like... is the play, Miss Lincoln? <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> he, he's Dan- he, look, man. He's like he's Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones, you've started from four years. He signed. He they didn't pick up his his uh, fifth year option, but then he plays well just at the right time. He gets a new deal. Now you you can trade off him. Like Daniel Jones has been a home run pick, and no one wanted him, and no one's going to want Levis. And I, I don't think Daniel Jones is very good, and I don't think Levis is very good. But okay, there's but no one left. Daniel Jones went top ten. There's a possibility Levis doesn't even go in like the first round. Like, there well, so okay, point. that that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Like, how? Because we're now hearing buzz that he could fall like pretty far, and that would make this a terrible pick. Where do you, are you guys <laughs> buying that? Yeah, but the, the difference though that when you're picking him here as opposed to you know taking him in like second overall is the opportunity cost, right? Like the right. the other yeah. wide receivers that we would be picking right here, I, I don't mind them necessarily, but it's not nearly on JSN's level. Uh, you know, you're not getting a Jameer Gibbs type type running back prospect. So, like to me, I think it's the right kind of bet to make. You're probably going to feel better about it though post draft <laughs> if and when he does go, you know, top fifteen or something like that. And you you got to hope that some of these teams are, you know, as quarterback hungry and needy as they, they appear to be. If the Buccaneers pass on him, he is, he's like the next Malik Willis or something. Like, yeah, I don't right. understand how the buck, how does he get past the Buccaneers? That would just see, be insanity. Did you see his, his uh, back picks today though? Did no, you guys looks see huge. That? Yo, he's looking, yeah. he's looking yoked. The shoulder man. and he, arm was popping. Like yeah, before dude. it wasn't that big, but he has I didn't like know we were doing back picks for shoulders. What do I He's need not, to Google here? Will you got You got You got quads enough. <laughs> I thought this was a leg-based community. <laughs> this guy looks looks like a linebacker right now. I'm yeah, not even kidding. Here. Like who are we talking about? Malik Willis. Uh, all right, I'm pulling Will, Will it up. Oh. I'm pulling it up here. Is this what we're talking about? Yeah. 
Look at that. Dude, look at the Dude you guys let me get this guy at seven. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. I mean, the the macro point though about the this stuff is right, Pat. Like we're collectively bad at uh, you know projecting and scouting these quarterbacks. People were famously wrong on Josh Allen. People were light on Justin Herbert coming in, and that when you do hit on them, they hit in such a big way that you have a, a like a multi-decade producer at a very important position. And even if you don't like fully hit, you like with with the Daniel Jones scenario, you often like kind of hit anyway. Like I, in a league where I took Daniel Jones, I traded off of him. I ended up getting back picks that turned into Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. So like, like even the hits aren't hits sometimes. There's going to be a lot of spots to get off on that train too. You know, with like quarterbacks, like I said, they're dominating the first round of startups. You can have Will Levis. There's going to be multiple points with Will Levis. You know, maybe he starts a game and he looks like half decent. And then like maybe you can cash out for like the equivalent of like a second or third round startup value. So there'll be like he doesn't even have to show a ton uh, if he can just sort of get the benefit of the doubt from the market. Those look he doesn't like have in- to show a ton, but he's showing a lot. He's here. showing a lot here. Those look like those look like implants. Like what's going on there? <laughs> Shout out That's to everyone watching natural. this on the big screen with their family right now. <laughs> um all right that even uh, healthy? Pat, Pat fell on the uh the will levis grenade all right jj you are up with the so, eight pick here there were muscles there that i didn't know existed in the human back. <laughs> <laughs> uh with this with this pick i'm gonna go i'm gonna be somewhat of a homer and go with jordan addison my my alma mater of pit he then transferred to usc but you know got pit that acc championship with kenny pickett it's a beautiful thing um, I think Addison's the safest option at wide receiver two in this class over like a Quentin Johnston, you know, Johnston's someone, you know, you get that big 12 profile and, uh, you know, I, I can see the upside and, and, you know, my, the top comp for him, my model is T Higgins. So like he has that size speed sort of profile perimeter guy, uh, and the, the physicality I should say. Uh, but the, the issue, you know, with, with Johnson is that his production profile isn't as like stellar as what you're going to get from a Jordan Addison, you know, Addison comps a little bit more closely to like a Calvin Ridley type, like a potentially Tyler Lockett type, just like the, the skinny wide, wide outs that can play the perimeter, play all over the field, uh, had good college production. Uh, so I think Addison's a, a, a pretty safe bet. You know, maybe he won't give you those consistent wide receiver one seasons and be an alpha, but I think he's, he's going to be a pretty consistent wide receiver too. Um, does JJ sound worried about Addison being a twig? JJ does not sound to <laughs> no. me like a man who's worried right now. No, I mean, look, we, we, we've, we've gone through this before in the past wide receiver size might've mattered, you know, early 2010s ish that, that, that range, but I haven't found much signal with it. We saw it with Devonte Smith. If you have the production profile, if you have all of these things going in your favor, you can sort of knock away and forget about the, the, the size aspect. I, I care about size at running back. Um, but the wide receiver, not nearly as big of a deal. Tutu Atwell DBs proves it still matters anymore? at some point. <laughs> <laughs> DBs can't jam anymore. They can't get physical anymore. Offenses are more spread. I mean, it makes right. sense. It all fits logically. Yeah. The way I see it too, if the, if the NFL doesn't care and he goes first round and they know, you know, he's 170, whatever pounds, and they just spent a first round pick on him, then it's not really a problem for me. You know, like if they're going to invest that draft capital, especially in the first round, uh, I'm willing to look past it as well. Um, 
Tyler did uh, donate a super chat tonight. He was hoping that anytime someone referenced their own model, that we would strike uh, a Zoolander esque pose. I know our guy Dwayne McFarlane over at Fantasy Life has been striking a pose for him. So, I mean, does does the panel collectively? I mean, I'll do a lot of things for twenty dollars and sixty nine cents. You guys all want to give your your blue steel uh, look here, Gretch? <laughs> What's <laughs> All right, fine. I'll do it. This is for you, Tyler. <laughs> is that what you wanted, Tyler? There's plenty more where that came from for every 20 bucks you send over. Um, all right. Uh, Jordan Addison, any any other comments on Addison here? Obviously, I feel like him versus Quentin Johnson has been kind of the debate and kind of your flavor of wide receiver that you prefer just because they are such different uh prospects is anyone on team quentin johnson over addison i am speak on that well i really like quentin johnston uh he's you know it is kind of the flavor thing i do like the bigger wide receivers uh i also don't love like i know a lot of people out there like uh we've been burned on tcu wide receivers with rager and you have what like josh doxson and it gets pretty ugly I don't really love the helmet scout thing. Like you also can look through the big 12. I know uh, we're getting pretty far back here, but like Des Bryant was a stud. Michael Crabtree was a stud. You have CD lamb, Marquise Brown. Um, but I just like Quentin Johnson to me, I know that there's like hand catching issues or body catching issues. I don't really watch film. So if somebody wants to educate <laughs> me on like his terrible body catching, like go ahead. Like I, I, I get that, I guess. Um, and I get, you know, his best season, 60 catches, 1,067 yards, six touchdowns, like isn't great. Um, but the upside is really there, man. 12.9 a dot with like 8.99 yards at the catch per reception. Like he's, you know, above three yards per out run. Like he is a dynamic player at 6'3", 208, which is really exciting where he's catching the ball downfield. He's putting a ton after the catch on it as well. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I'll also say like with the raw stats, uh, he's not going to pop because his TCU offense, like Max Duggan until this year sucked. Like, the passing yards three years ago was 1,963 passing yards in the Big 12 at TCU, then 2,875 before that. So he didn't really have a ton to work with. Uh, he's popped in huge games. Like he had six for 163 in a touchdown against number two ranked Michigan. Uh, so you're just sort of getting a guy to me who I think can give you massive, massive spike weeks and hit in a big way. Uh, so I'm very interested in Quentin Johnson, especially, you know, he'll probably go first round just like uh, Jordan Addison. Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, Ron, you fell right into my trap of me selecting Quentin Johnson. Oh, the my grind, God. No. Not, not no. really feeling oh my like justifying oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, you just sniped yourself. You just hit me with a speak on that, bro. And, and on top of that, I made you deliver all the points that I definitely would have said oh, myself. Oh, no. So, oh, wow. Hey, no. That's, that's evil. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say th I'll say this about Quentin Johnson to tell you that it was a bad pick. It wasn't that bad of a pick. But I'll, I'll, I'll pretend that it was a bad pick. So in my in my in my prospect model, I need the the pose since I said that. Uh, but in my in my prospect model, uh, there's three main production metrics. There's receptions per game, best season yards per team pass attempt, which gets the most weight, and then touchdown share. Um, and if you look at you know Quentin Johnson didn't hit a two and a half best season yards per team pass attempt, and he had a receptions per game rate below four and a half. Of the first round wide receivers to not get those hit those thresholds since 2011, Kelvin Benjamin, Cordero Patterson, and Henry Ruggs. And then on top of that, if you look at guys who had a negative stat score, which is just a below average, you know, stat score, production score within the model that went in the first round, uh, those guys are Kadarius Tony, Philip Dorsett, and Jalen Waddle on top of the three that I just named. So 
the only dude of that group was Waddle, but Waddle had a very unique profile coming out, obviously had a really good draft capital, all that kind of stuff. So there's, there's like, look, I get it. Like T Higgins, again, like I said, top comp for him, but the downside is there. Like one of the comps for him was Brashad Perriman and in, in, in the models. So you didn't I, have I to think say Henry Ruggs. That was just too far, JJ. You just very too far with that. Patterson was an RB one at age 30. What do like, let's, let's put some respect on his name. <laughs> Um, any, any other, uh, Blair, what's, what's the, what's big road of his, is Quentin Johnson take, because back in the day, back in the Des Bryant, Demarius oh, yeah. Thomas, Julio Jones days, I mean, Quentin Johnson, this was, this is that dude. Can that's true. Put, I think put Rotoviz on his Jersey, man. Yeah. This yeah. Is- that's right. <laughs> yeah. Johnson definitely would have been a, a big wide receiver hero. I mean, the one thing that is kind of, um, that is a red flag that we've been talking about for a long time at Rotoviz is the lack of touchdown production. Um, that I think matters. I mean, JJ mentioned it. The touchdown share I think matters more than more than most people realize. Um, so that's at least one red flag that I'm looking at that kind of has me a little skeptical about Johnson. But he really does have a really wide range of outcomes. I think because mm-hmm. he. He did not do well on contested catches. He has this great leaping ability. His contested catch rate on deep balls was terrible. He also (laughs) had a lot of contested deep targets. So it's like, can he even get separation? And if he's not good at contested catch, and he's not getting any touchdowns. So this is like, he's like a 50-50 ball guy who loses. (laughs) That sounds like (laughs) a lot of fun. But But then he also does have that yards after catch profile which is kind of Brandon Ayuki. It's like he, he gets he gets his yak deep. He's not a he's not a guy you throw to underneath and, and has to like make guys miss and stuff. He's actually a downfield receiver who's then adding after the catch, which is a pretty high upside profile. So I, it's like if he's good, he'll be really good. And uh, it's it's a problem that he might be terrible. You just got to say you mentioned in, in your write up form, JJ, was that there was a couple the, those the the misses you mentioned were all the first round draft capital guys, but there's a couple mm-hmm. second round guys that were like positive. Yeah, like, T- yeah, yeah. T-, T Higgins, DK Metcalf, like those kinds of guys had similar ish type profiles. So like you know you don't want to just like create arbitrary thresholds just to create them, and and I think that's important. You know I like to approach things with more nuance than that. So yeah, I I think it just plays into the fact that this dude has a ceiling. It's there. We've seen guys that have done this in the past, but he can also be Prashad Perriman, which right. which we obviously don't want in the first It's round. tough that the, the wide receiver two, wide receiver three feel like they have a lot more risk this year than the last few classes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. A lot stronger. Uh, AJ in the comments <laughs> saying he just needs the Patriots to draft Quentin Johnson, so I know he's bad. That would be nice confirmation uh, there. Um, all right, Ron, I rugged you so hard on your pick. Um, just a classic <laughs> rookie mistake on here. So uh big tear gap after Quentin Johnson, too. So uh it's insane. This guy just he's like maybe I'll take Quentin Johnson. Speak on that. What is anybody in here got a got a good uh <laughs> so it's a it's a bummer I had to take this guy because I'm not even a big uh Zach Charbonnet fan. Uh, I know some guys will cape up for Zach Charbonnet. I'll take Zach Charbonnet. I think that this was a point uh that like Gretsch was making a little bit uh with the uh whole like should Bijan go 101 or actually I think it was JJ making this point but running backs like almost don't have to do a ton to gain value in dynasty like we sort of see them with rose-colored glasses like oh they're like 21 22 like they had one 20 point game in like week eight of the rookie year like let's make them you know a second round startup like there were years out there if you remember, like Darius Geis was a two-three turn guy. Carry on Johnson was a two-three turn guy in startups. Like 
you can go down the list. Like, Cam Akers had, what, like a couple of, like, 20-plus carry games, and he was, like, a – I think, like, a two, three-round turn guy, too, Miles Sanders. So, I don't love Zach Charbonnet, but I think he doesn't have to show a ton, and he can really give you a ton of return on inv- uh, investment from where you buy him at, where you probably get him, what, 110 is probably somewhere, like, a seventh or eighth in a startup. Like, he could pretty easily be, like, a three, four, five-round guy next year if he just – like with Kenneth Walker, we just saw he doesn't have to do if he goes second round in the NFL draft, he only has to do so much to uh you know give you a profit. I I felt like I might become somebody who's gonna cape for this dude when I was doing my initial research yeah. just today. Um when JJ was talking about some of the guys in, in his stuff that comp to him, there's a lot of really good names, but the miss was Charles Sims, and that's when I knew I was in. <laughs> I, I fucking love Charles Sims. You got a big dude who catches passes and put up numbers. I watched him film on him today, and I was like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't look explosive, but if that's the big knock on him, like, he's smooth. He gets to space. Like, that. yeah, and, and Chip Kelly's offense creates holes, but then, like, when he gets – he runs to daylight. He runs to yardage. It's like Alvin Kamara in the open field doesn't look super explosive. It reminded me a little bit of, like, going all the way back to Arian Foster. Like, there are guys like this – now, he's not quite as big as Aaron Foster. I think he's 214, and Foster was more like 224. I was kind of looking at some of the weights. He's the same weight as Kamara, similar athleticism, but smaller than, you know, Aaron Foster. And uh, I can't remember the third one I was thinking of that kind of fit this sort of more smooth than explosive, but still really good for fantasy uh, mold. But um, maybe it was like – no, it wasn't Melvin Gordon. But anyway. Kareem Hunt comes to mind. I wasn't the guy, but that is a good one. Um but yeah, I mean, it's like it's a list of producers and and I'm not saying he's going to be that good or that type of a superstar. But if Camara was a one two turn guy because he didn't have this great profile, he didn't have the great necessarily elite athleticism. If you're going to find somebody like that in this class, it seems like this is like a good guy to bet on for that type of stuff. Yeah. Blair, your model loves uh, I'm sure it, it, it loves him because it, it loves the receiving like um, market share and right is does he fit your you have like two main uh cutoffs right that you love for your best running backs yeah i mean we love to see a 10 percent market share of receiving yards which he got uh he's up at 12 percent, and then you know 100 yards per game 100 rushing yards per game is a nice a cutoff that's kind of easy to meet but the number of backs that meet both thresholds um or not the number but the backs that meet both thresholds uh, often are pretty successful, so that's it's the, it's the Eno Benjamin profile. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Eno's Eno's the exception. He's, he's the outlier. The but this is yeah. why we love Eno, right? I mean, it's similar to Eno, but it could have some draft capital here. Which if Eno doesn't yeah, yeah. say, if Eno was a, a quieter man, I think we wouldn't be saying that. Yeah, <laughs> <I think laughs> he's about to go off. Uh, no, I mean that's one too. Uh, I mean. We don't got to name all the misses. Like, but I love him too. Outside of Bijan, Chardonnay has the best chance to be like a true bell cow, right? Of the running backs yeah. in this class. Yeah. I mean, if you look at guys, and I, I talked about this in my prospect guy, but if you look at guys who are drafted in round, this is what, what Ben was just uh, referencing. But if you look at guys who were drafted in round two and round three uh, since 2011, that were 210 plus pounds, he's well over 210 and had a 12th best season uh, reception share above 12%. You get Le'Veon Bell, Joe Mixon, Daniel Thomas, obviously a, a, an L there. DeAndre Swift, those are the second rounders. The third rounders, 
are Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, Charles Sims, DeMarco Murray, Zach Moss, Keyshawn Vaughn, Antonio Gibson, and Rashad White. I mean, it's just like good running back. I mean, all things considered, like third rounders do not hit at a very high rate at all. And those are the kinds of running backs you're looking at whenever you just look at those two parameters uh, for for Charbonnet. So I, I think he's a very, very solid prospect. David Johnson was the other one I was trying to think of that's a little bit bigger than him, but runs a little bit more like smooth and like super yeah. explosive. Yeah. Uh, I kind of felt like I was watching that a little, like that type of runner foster David Johnson, that mold. But- I've become, I've become a sucker for the 210 plus pound backs who have receiving profiles. Like if you can just find guys like that, like that's what partially yeah. got me on like Isaiah Pacheco <laughs> last year was that, he didn't, his receiving profile wasn't amazing, but he had de- a decent enough reception share in that horrific Rutgers offense. And if you can find guys like that, uh, they, they generally have decent hit rates. All right. Uh, Blair, you are up for the one eleven here. And I'm, I'm quickly realizing this class doesn't seem that great. Like, am I <laughs> like the one eleven or one twelve in a dynasty? And this is with super flex tight and premium. Um, but can you sell me? on 111 being an exciting selection here? Oh, I can. I think there's an easy pick here. Let's go. It's Jalen Hyatt. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I think you could make a case for him as the wide receiver, too, in this class. Ooh, um, okay. Here we go. I mean, you're talking about yards per team attempt. He's one of only, I want to say, nine guys this year who had more than three. He's uh, fourth overall in yards per route run this season i think he led the league or led the country in yards per target he also scores touchdowns at a high rate um he's you know four four speed he's kind of i mean he's the same size as addison but ran faster although addison maybe was hurt um so yeah i think uh there's a lot to like about hyatt true early declare 21 years old all right i know there's some hyatt some Hyatt bears on the panel. What's the, the, the anti Hyatt uh, case. I've seen people posting screen grabs of him on Twitter being like the DBs didn't cover him in college. He was just like running loose for touchdowns. I mean, what, what's the criticism on Hyatt? It's that he ran like exclusively out of the slot, but he's like a a undersized deep threat and he's probably going to have to play on the outside in the NFL. And that's not what he did in college. And he, we only have the one season. He, he didn't really do anything until last year. He's a one-hit wonder, and he did it as a deep threat out of the slot. He's undersized. He is fast, 4-4-40, but he doesn't have elite speed. So I'm concerned, like, that he, I don't think he has, like, this incredible, like, physical elite athleticism to be able to overcome what I am, am assuming is going to be, like, a pretty raw route-running skill set to be on the outside, given that he just, like, never did that in college he never produced that way in college so that's that's my concern also he did produce a ton of his routes a ton of his yards on go routes so it's not just where he was lining up but the routes that was coming on johnston quentin johnston also was a was a big go route guy but at least he was out on the outside and he's big and he jumps high so i'm just i'm just like concerned that he can actually do what he's going to be asked to do as a pro but like in some ways I like that he's falling a little bit in terms of his projected draft capital, because if you were to land with like the bills or if you were to land with the chiefs and they're like, yeah, we're, we know he's not like a prototypical outside guy. We're going to be creative or we're going to run him out of the slot. Some in like four wide receiver sets. I'm back in. 
<laughs> you know, because he was really productive in that role. The chat also mentioning Cedric Tillman, who he played with. Is that, you know, people saying Tillman outproduced him. Is that um, actually a feather in his cap that he was playing alongside a really solid producer? I well, I think the case was that he played well without Tillman, and when Tillman was active, he didn't play as well. So I think it's probably a knock on him. Not one that okay. I really factor in, but I've I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tillman's not a great prospect. He's like a borderline day two guy, fifth year senior. Um, so it's not ideal. Yeah. JJ, what's your Hyatt take? Um, you know, my model likes him probably more than I do. Uh, it, it, mostly because it takes best season numbers. Uh, one of his comps was Jamison Williams, mostly because, uh, you know, the, the first two years didn't really do anything. And then this third year he blows up, he declares early, he's coming out, he's going to be a first round pick. Um, but I think he's more of like a diet Jamison Williams because uh, Williams at least has a better excuse as to why he didn't produce those first two years because he was at Ohio State playing behind three absolute studs at wide receiver, whereas I don't think you just have nearly the case for a guy like Hyatt. But, you know, in this within the, the, the this wide receiver class, I think that taking Hyatt here amongst the other wide receivers is fair because there's there's flags to a lot of the, the other wideouts that are going in this range. Yep. Uh, all right, Gretch. The one twelve here is this as easy of a selection as JSN was? No, I think there's two receivers that it would be one or the other for me. I think at this point, um, and because you, you mentioned there's no repercussions or whatever, I'm just going to take Josh Downs. I think Zay Flowers is probably the right pick, but he's like small and old, and and I don't know. I, I, I'm a sucker for the the slot guys like Josh, like downs is also small, but, uh, and doesn't look like he'll get as good a draft capital. Exactly. Not as small and old as the other guy. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and more suited. Like he, he's really, really good out of the slot. And that's been the knock on him is that he's only a slot receiver, but like, all right. I mean, like if you're going to be a really small receiver and be productive at the next level, you number one, he's he is an early declare, I think, right? And uh, you Downs is, earn, yeah, he is, and, yeah. and and Flowers is not. You should be able to earn targets at a really high rate, and he always did. Uh, his targets probably run really strong. So are Flowers, for the record. Um, they're, I mean, I they're they're pretty similar, but I just kind of feel like Flowers needs to be able to do it outside a little bit. JJ, you made a point in your uh, um, prospect guide and also on on the pod with Pat that Flowers only played in the slot like. 33% or something. Yeah. He's one of these smaller guys that does play outside a little, but I just don't get the vibe that like, he's going to be good enough to play on the outside at the NFL level. Downs is going to be asked to do that. I, I mean, I guess that, you know, at one twelve in a class where I do think it starts to thin out here. Um, I like the high floor option. I think he's going to be a productive NFL player as someone slot receiver. Hopefully, I mean, somebody's taking him that's in a little bit of a spread offense, but maybe you get like some Hunter Renfro type seasons out of him, you know? Yeah, his, his top comp in in the model. I'm I'm doing that just to get Pete to continue to pose. Uh, there we go. Needed I'll that. do the next one, Pete, if you want. You got to be turned. But he's like he's like a spitting image of of Elijah Moore. I mean, he's like the exact mm. same kind of prospect that Moore was. Uh, the the crazy thing about Moore was that you know year one as a rookie, you know he played on the perimeter a lot more than we expected. He was he only played in the slot like at like 28 percent of the time or something like that. Um, I don't know if we see that out of downs. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he's as good of a prospect as Elijah Moore was, 
Um, but he does have a very, very similar profile. You know, he's got like that sort of like a Wandell Robinson from last year too. Um, you know, where he can, he can play the slot and hopefully find a team that just targets that area of the field at a really high rate. Gretch, I, I think I, I could, if we want to do, you can have both of them. I think we could do like a rapid fire second round here and you can, you can double tap your two small old guys. Are we snake drafting <laughs> it? I think we can I, snake draft it back. All right. You can take, I mean, I don't really want it's to you. take, I don't want to take another small old. Uh, um, back Live a little me. then. I, take a tight end. You can do whatever you want, man. I will take. Um, I'll take Zay Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have All a right. good. I want to go. Well, almost back, expired but... on you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just I just auto drafted Zay Flowers. Uh, does anyone have uh, any other thoughts on on Zay? I one thing I like about Zay is that he was getting more of his yards downfield than Josh Downs. And that's another reason, in addition to him playing outside more, uh, I, I like him more than Downs. Um, my model likes Downs more. But uh, my my gut, my intuition likes, say, Flowers more, just because I think like his archetype's a bit better. He's going to be like an outside guy when he needs to be. He's, he's basically kind of like that discount JSN type thing where he's going to play on the outside enough, like Tyler Lockety or something, play on the outside a lot, probably play in the slot some, but he showed an ability to win downfield and not just in the intermediate area, but he actually won deep downfield as well in college. And Downs was like much more of kind of gadgety in terms of his usage. So that, and that actually really does concern me because it caps the ceiling if he's going to be an underneath slot receiver. So they both suck. By the way, the, the, the I one think, thing I that think Flowers could be good. The one thing that I don't think that has been that I brought up or talked to anyone about, I'm curious to hear thoughts, but Downs' numbers two years ago were better than what he saw last year after he lost mm. Sam Howe, right? Like that that's that's the thing. Like is is that a thing that people have been talking about at all or like concerned about at all? Because it just seems like that could be an issue. Like like, you know, yards per route run as a metric, for instance, uh, or or even yards per team pass attempt, it can still be influenced to some degree by quarterback play like it's not completely agnostic to what's going on around them and so I do think that there's some concern that like he looks so good analytically you know he has this best season 3.52 yards per team pass attempt rate but that was also in in a season where he had way way better quarterback play so that's at least something to think about because it did drop a good bit this past year well the issue is the quarterback he has now is actually really good too Drake yeah, May true. yeah uh brother of luke may anybody out there march madness fans um yeah yeah, yeah. but really? he's yeah oh, it's actually cool. it's it's a pretty cool connection like I, i'm a sucker for those i don't know why yeah they're uh, from my they're from my area actually where, really? where yeah but luke may is like 10 15 years older than him then right probably like, like i would say five to ten but yeah so luke may hit this incredible man. historic shot and then went to like an 8 a.m class the next yeah. day yeah he's a hero man. wow that's great <laughs> But yeah, I think you could say like he's had good quarterback play the entire time, right? So he hasn't had like the Max Duggan sub two thousand passing yard season. Like he hasn't really, I mean, like it's hard to use it as a knock against him in terms of like he hasn't hit adversity. But there's definitely some there's definitely some uh, benefits to that, I guess. Yeah, I guess I guess I should say like like with a quarterback change, when you see such drastic differences, there could be tendencies from that quarterback that led to some of those numbers, and that's that's where like maybe a slight red flag would come into play for Downs. I was thinking of Sean May. 
You guys remember Sean? <laughs> oh, yeah. UNC? That was like 30 was years ago. Way wow. Back. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Blair, you're back on the clock here uh, with the 2-2. Two, two. Mm, okay. Uh, I guess we'll go Marvin Mims here. Yeah, I like it. This nice. is, I all think, right. my most drafted guy in the big board contest. Select him at the end of basically every draft. Uh, tell me why I was right. <laughs> yeah, he's a productive player out of Oklahoma, four three eight forty. He's a little bit bigger than Hyatt and Addison, so uh you like to see that. Not that much bigger, but uh yeah, he's only I don't think he's only twenty still. True early declare. So uh he's got the age, he's got the speed, he's got the production. Is he gonna get draft capital? Yeah, I have seen him slipping a little. I think he'll still be in the third round, but that's the only reason I would take like flowers over him because Mims seems to have a way cooler profile. Yeah, right. That's yeah, fair. first round flowers versus fourth round Mims could be. <laughs> I don't think I want to go there. Yeah, yeah. Like Hakeem Butler all over again. Yeah, jeez. Oh, uh, all right, Ron, uh, you're back up here. Whoops. Uh, for nah, hang on, uh, Pete, let's double check that you're not up. Oh, Ron is up. Okay. Yeah. Trust <laughs> me, I can't. Ron, if you want me to uh, speak on uh, the player you're interested <laughs> <Yeah>. in, <laughs> who are you doing here? Um, so we're taking pretty we're, we're taking pretty big leaps of faith here as as creators on this platform, just because we don't have draft capital. Um, so, you know, I, we could look like an idiot with the Anthony Richardson pick if he goes like second round. Someone that I'm willing to be very wrong with, like this could be Jamar Jefferson all over again. Uh, but I'll take Sean Tucker here. Uh, okay. He could go day three and that would be, you know, really ugly. Uh, it really depends on Sean Tucker. He's like there. There are two versions of Sean Tucker's profile where he's either the guy who didn't test or he's the guy who self-reported a four three and jumped like 41 inches like uh with some guy verifying it, I guess. Uh, but I do like Sean Tucker. He caught passes. He's fast. He's 207 pounds, so he's not too, too small. Uh, like, I, I, this is an ugly comp for him, but I kind of like the comp of, like, Duke Johnson. He catches passes. He's bigger. Uh, you know, it it's really just comes down to with Sean Tucker is, is a team going to see him and they're going to make him Duke Johnson or Giovanni Bernard where he just catches passes and, you know, it's a satellite back or – if they use him as, you know, a dual threat type running back, you know, like a Kareem Hunt catching passes out of the backfield, running the ball, being explosive. Uh, but his numbers in terms of like the spreadsheet stuff, like he looks amazing. It's just a matter of do teams, uh, you know, trust his like self-reported like little video he put on Twitter. And does that get him drafted on day two? Because if it doesn't and he goes day three, uh, then that probably bumps him down to like a two, three turn guy for me. All right. Um, any other thoughts on Sean Tucker? From He's the got fam? the best Twitter game in this class. Let's <laughs> you guys go check out his Twitter feed. It's unbelievable. He does like recaps, right? After games. Yeah, he like recaps. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, I had a pretty good game today. And then he like talks <laughs> about like how, how he performed. It's unbelievable. That's amazing. He had like a hundred yeah. yards on Boston College. He's like, yeah, yeah he's got this good. like hashtag pleased with uh with the number 34 in it, like his, his college number wow. and stuff. It, it's 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 pretty <laughs> incredible. JJ, you need to start doing that after every late round pot. Yeah, all of it, but like, and then he'll like list out the his stats and stuff. Like, it's it's in, it's un <laughs> it, it, I'm I'm not trying. Like, it's it's sort of like like how you would probably like 
like if you collected like baseball cards or something growing up the way that you would like talk about like the stats on the back and stuff like that like that's how he portrays himself on twitter it's incredible saturday we won syracuse 32 bc 23 i'm pleased with the outcome of the game and another fourth quarter comeback i'm pleased with my performance i rushed 20 i rushed for 21 carries 125 yards and two tds one reception for four yards thanks to all the keys fans who supported us throughout the season please I'm not pleased. Oh, I I didn't get what you meant about the please with the 34 now. Yeah, I'm not pleased with my performance or the outcome of the game. (laughs) That's my in my in my in my prospect guide, the the first sentence for the Sean Tucker profile is I'm pleased to announce that the Z prospect. (laughs) That's perfect. It it makes sense he went to a a school with such a great journalism program, too. I mean, he's really attacking these uh, post-game recaps. (laughs) I mean, it's every stat, one reception for four yards made it into his tweet. I mean, I, just, <laughs> so I love good. that. Um, so good. All right. Uh, some of you guys did uh, happen to forget that this contest is tight end premium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael Mayer, a.k.a. Baby Gronk, a.k.a. the top tight end off the board who's gotten lost in the sea of Darnell Washington pushing a sled. I mean, this guy can still go top 15, right? I think so. Yeah. All right. What's yeah. what? Why? Why are we? Why are we letting Michael Mayer slip to uh, pick sixteen here Probably in this, in this guy? No, it's a it's a good it's your second very good pick in a row. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyone want to speak on how much I'm crushing this mock draft? <laughs> 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 this is a good this is a good note, Kevin. I actually was worried tonight coming into this that there's going to be last time I did the spreadsheet stuff there was a lot of chirpers you know um backseat google sheet drivers all all the like and you guys have really kept it in check tonight and well uh, can, can i can i say something now that we're on the topic oh, oh God. so every single every single pick pete has been dragging to to make the the column big enough for I knew that person's name you can double click <laughs> the column you just go up top and double double click where you're dragging it'll auto it'll just auto so, do it like that you then you no. where you dragged it from no. Oh my God! This is this is shameful. <laughs> Go up to where you dragged it. You were there before. Have you forgotten where? You... Yeah, double click that. You yeah. can actually do that for every column all at once if you highlight that's, them all. That's, well, Blair, I wanted to start. <laughs> <laughs> Just like typically, when the first tight end goes, we get in all caps tight end mother effing <laughs> premium. Where's that? Uh, uh, you know what? It, it's like. It's hard to host the show, you know, administer the draft board and just run laps around you guys with my selection. So just cut me a little slack. Uh, JJ, you are back on the clock for pick 17. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of, you know, I really like Sean Tucker. Um, You know, if I were to go running back here, I would hope that he would be there. There's just so many running backs right now at this point where we don't know draft capital. So I'd rather not go that route. And the wide receivers kind of suck. Uh, and I could maybe make an argument for a tight end, but I'm going to go ahead and hooker here. Uh, I'm going to uh, to go with the quarterback. You know, he's got the mobile upside. We love the rushing upside. Um, you know, we this is really just a situation where I like to throw darts in the second round at quarterback and hope that they have the starting gig the second year of their career, and then you just trade them away. Or in this case, he has the rushing upside that we look for, like what we saw to like a Jalen Hurts. And maybe something can come of it. So that's the direction I'm going there. I like it. All right. Uh, oops. Uh, this is for JJ's column. Um, all right, Pat, you are on the clock 
with pick 18, I have a feeling I'm going to have to adjust your column after this selection. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it's helpful that I told you how. Uh, <laughs> um, I am going to go with a guy I was terrified JJ was going to pick, the guy we hyped yesterday. Is he a band of Kanda? There we band go. Kanda, yeah. Wow. Dude, I could have gone back to back pit there. Man, I really screwed that up. I was sure you were going to take him. I was sure because he's officially the most athletic <laughs> running back in this class now. Rastop football's got him as the top guy in the class with his RAS score. I think he jumped up into day two with uh, the performance he just put in at his pro day. And my issue with this class is like, there's not a lot of clarity on the guys who are going to be going past uh, Zach Charbonnet. Well, I think now we have a little bit of clarity that, that he's not going to be falling like super late and he's got a really nice profile overall. Um, he was like, if you watch him, he gets up to speed quickly. He's clearly very fast as we saw today. He looks like kind of Raheem Mostert. He's like a one cut runner. I think him landing in like a spot like Miami or something, he could take that backfield over. He also has enough receiving juice. He's Charbonnet-esque that way. He had uh, 0.99 yards per route run uh, over his career. That's actually slightly better than Charbonnet. Uh, in a range where you see guys kind of go one way or the other as receivers, sometimes they won't do much. Other times they'll be like three down back. So it's like I think a pretty high upside profile given how athletic he is. And now draft capital on the rise. I like it. Um, Gretch, you are up here. Pick 19, wrapping back in the second round. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to watch Tank Bigsby highlights right now. Because <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Tank Bigsby. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even see any of that. a good yet. first ten seconds. <laughs> I didn't even. I mean, I didn't even. Just listen to his there. name and wait. He's uh <laughs> no. So I did have him kind of high on my list when I was looking through all of the smarter people than me that are on the show's work earlier, uh, because he did catch some passes right, and he's he's bigger. Like a lot of the yeah. other backs that are going, Devin A. Chain, JJ, you made some really strong cases against him just based on weight, and I I agree with him. That like you're probably not like what are you what are you getting if you're right there I don't I don't love that Bigsby's a 210 pound back he's got bigger backs in his statistical pro profile um, and JJ I, I think he made a case that his best season reception share was was pretty strong and put him in a good group um, that like all right big backs that catch passes Charles Sims model right I mean oh Charles Sims is on his comparables on on your chart we have Heck we yeah. have two Charles Sims comps. On my roster, let's go. I I should have taken him. Uh, honestly, I I well, didn't. I just wanted to get cute with the quarterback. But he he, he like he he profiles really strongly to De, to Demarco Murray in the uh in in the old model there. Um, so I I do like me some some Tank Bigsby. Nice. Um. All right, Pat, you are back on the I'm clock. Oh man. The the chat says you're just having a disastrous draft. Nick Young heat check vibes from Pat on this draft, turning around, symboling the three while it bricks. Uh, you got to win the people <laughs> back over with this selection. <laughs> Come on, I got two. It's a super flex draft, and I have two quarterbacks. I can't be that bad. Yeah. It's a high. But what are draft. they? What's the saying going uh, in the NFL? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, I think that's the same for you right now, Pat. All right. What's he gonna um, be? All right, let me just check the old rankings here. Will Levis will get some tight end premium points, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, 
I don't like this pick because it's not that fun, but I'm going to go with uh, Devin A. Chain. Okay, he's, uh, let's go. He's probably going to be a second-round pick. He's going to be a second-round pick. And he's like, yeah, he's really tiny. He's like 188 pounds, but he is fast, and he was very productive. And he's a guy, like, when I tried to find comps, I basically couldn't find any. He doesn't comp to, like, anybody. But I think maybe that's good, you know, because he's 188 pounds, and we're trying to have him – do something that basically I mean, no one else it, did. It can't so. be as good as competent Charles Sims. <laughs> it's not as good as competent <laughs> Charles Sims, but you know he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't look very much like the many other small running backs who've done nothing in the NFL. So that's good, <laughs> you know. But it isn't good that he's so small. So I'm get. I feel like I'm getting the discount at this point, and I'll take it. All right, I'll allow it. Uh, Ron. Your backup, you have you selected two running backs with the franchise on the back half of the board. You took Bryce Young with this franchise. What do you got on tap? Uh, let me get let me get Darnell Washington. Oh, you got Love sniped. <laughs> uh, I'm glad, I'm glad it's the other way around this time. Yeah, yeah, um, go for it. But I, I've been wanting to talk about Darnell Washington. Like I can just gush about Darnell Washington. Um, he's massive. He's like what, like six six, like two hundred sixty five pounds. Like he could play tackle if he wanted to. Um, and I get that that's kind of the drawback, right? Like people think, okay, he's going to do a lot of run blocking, and for sure that is a concern uh, that he could do a lot of run blocking. But there's a lot of upside too. Like he was on Georgia, they ran the ball a lot. They would just beat the crap out of everybody. Like it's not like they needed uh, Darnell Washington to go out there and make a play. He has very natural hands. He like had like a one-handed grab at the combine. He, I think he did like some other cool stuff at the pro day. Uh, he has hands, and like we see some guys come in where they are run blockers. Like I, I think I had a stat. Uh, George Kittle uh, blocked like he he only was out like in sixty percent of the routes like his final year at Iowa. I know that that's like a very like obscure comp, but like Noah Fant was there and they used him as a run blocker. And he kind of yes, he was a run blocker in the NFL, but you can still be an elite fantasy tight end while also being an elite run blocker like he'll just be asked to be out there more often of course we want him to run routes but I don't think uh I don't think it's as much of an indictment on him as others might think uh and the big thing that I love with Darnell Washington is that his athleticism actually shows up like Gusecki ran and killed the combine his yards perception in college was 11.5 which is like nothing uh Darnell Washington's yards perception career yards perception 17.2 which is like Gronk was 16 Andrews was 15.8 and you have a lot of guys in this class who aren't big play guys. Like Mayers, uh, <laughs> Mayers was 11.7. Uh, so you have a guy who's actually realizing that crazy relative athletic score with massive plays. I think that he can develop as a pass catcher to the point where he would be valuable in fantasy. I actually I liked Mayer in my first pick as well, but I felt like there's four tight ends that haven't like the same tier in this draft class, so I'm fine uh, just waiting on tight end to like this two three turn area. <clears throat> Uh, roll the clip. So what? Is Darnell Washington available? Put Darnell Washington in the queue. This guy, you guys are going to like him. This dude is massive. Oh, shit. This dude is fucking massive. What every successful person has to do, including you, every successful person in this world has jumped. A 
electric pick, Ron. Way to set up that clip, too. I didn't know you even knew we had that clip, and you just kind of organically beat us up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all very hype. Uh, we do, in fact, have a Darnell Washington clip around here. Blair, you're on the clock for pick 22. All right. Got to avoid getting sniped on a tight end, so I'll take Dalton Kincaid. Wow. Okay. Right. Let's go. I figured you'd have, like, three more – receivers to mix in here who have big hands and, and well Kincaid is like 10 and a quarter right okay so his hands are yeah I knew that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely right yeah <laughs> um any anything to say about Kincaid I feel like he's kind of the forgotten tight end right now just because he didn't um run and do anything at the combine uh how are you feeling about his draft capital uh, I mean, uh, the people are still talking about him in the first round, right? So, uh, yeah, he's basically as productive as Mayer and arguably had a better combine than Mayer, even though he didn't run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, does anyone else have, like, because it doesn't seem like there's really a consensus right now for how people are sorting the tight ends. Cause I even, I think I saw yeah. Anthony Amico in his mock draft today. I'd like Darnell Washington going top 15 to the Packers. Um, it just seems like everyone's all over the board. Does anyone have like strong takes on, on how to rank these guys? No, it's just a, it's just a great class. I mean, there's, there's yeah. guys. I, I finally started like working with, I'm going to say it again, uh, a tight end model this off season. And uh, uh, this class has more 80th percentile or above players by far than any other class since 2015. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy how, how, how deep it is. I mean, you can get to like a Sam Laporta, a craft or a, a Zach Kuntz. I mean, there's just, there are, are really, really good tight ends everywhere, which is, you know, you can get these guys in the second round in a tight end premium. That's fine. But I think in a normal league, uh, you know, a normal tight end league, you can wait till the third and get very, very good talent and not have to worry about, you know, using one of those picks on and, and having that opportunity cost and not getting a, a running back or wide receiver. And I think the yeah. important thing to to note with the tight ends, too, is you probably saw it like I also my model as well. I was working with tight ends and you'll see like dude, the the best tight end prospects ever in your model are bad. Like Noah Fant should have yeah. been great. Like as much as as much as Michael Mayer is good and he looks amazing, to me they're all in this huge tier. So instead of like I know Mayer's the consensus, like he's like a, a back end first round. I'd rather just wait. Like we really don't know. Hawkinson was like if you look at top ten draft picks, like it's like it's Hawkinson, it's Eric Ebron, like it, like looking through tight end prospects, I, I was about to say, like, it almost made Don't me question, it. like, Kyle Pitts, like, there's no sure things at tight end, man. Like, if there was, OJ Howard would be sick. Like, it's <laughs> it's insane how uh, it's it's a crapshoot. Like, all of the elite tight ends right now, too, everybody that has those great seasons, it's what, like, Kittle, Kelsey, none of these guys are drafted in the first round. Darren Waller, like, all of these guys are outside the first round. So, I'm not saying that uh, Mayer can't be the best tight end in this class. I'm just saying it's not as obvious with tight ends, I guess. All right, man, I get it. I sniped you on Quinn Johnson, you <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, all right, man, you uh, you stole my thunder because both of you guys. I, I think I'm just gonna keep this tight end train going, man. I'm 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 keeping it going. I mean, Sam Laporta, come on down. All right. I've seen the Raz charts. I mean, this guy torched everything. Uh, he seems like just as good of a candidate as any of these guys to to emerge as the top tight end in the class anyone want to speak on what a great selection this is? <laughs> I, I like it a lot um i he's not going to get the draft capital 
and you know he's going later and like so kind of playing like the market game you should probably wait until these first three tight ends are off the board but he's a really strong after catch producer um and and at tight end, I think you're just looking for guys who have like receiving skills of some kind. So that like, I really liked Dulcich last year because he had the ability to win downfield and Laporta doesn't do that so much, but he wins after the catch. And so I, I'm kind of excited about him emerging probably more from like, he could be more of a, like a third round pick. Um, and he might have to like earn his way a little bit more, but I, I think he's a pretty strong bet. All right. JJ, you get to close this out. Ship Chasing's Dynasty Mock Draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Hopefully we'll go on to have a Brock Purdy-esque career in this hypothetical landscape. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get weird with it because it's the last pick, right? Like, I got to get a little weird with it. I'm going to go with my favorite sleeper at wide receiver this year, and that is uh, one Jaden Reed. Uh, uh, he's, He's climbing up mock draft boards a little bit. I think he could be a day two pick at this point. Um, but he has a really interesting profile. He started at Western Michigan, and when he was at Western Michigan as a freshman, he outproduced D. Eskridge when he was – I mean, D. Eskridge was about 45 years old as a junior. (laughs) Uh, But he outproduced D. Eskridge, and then he transfers to Michigan State. When he transferred to Michigan State, Sky Moore entered the picture at Western Michigan, and if you look at Sky Moore's freshman season versus Jaden Reed's freshman season – Reed actually outperformed Sky Moore in, in uh, yards per team pass attempt. Uh, and then he went on to Michigan State, had a good production profile there for the most part. You know, he got some work in on the ground as a punt and kick returner. Uh, and then, and then uh, I, uh, I, I looked at my, my model once again, and I looked at some comps. And one of his top three comps was Stefan Diggs. And so I all was very, very into Jaden Reed. So he's been my go-to uh, you know, sleeper wide receiver. You don't have to take him here at this point. He's like a fourth rounder, if that, in mock drafts in the fantasy world. But I think he's going to rise quite a bit over the next month. JJ, there's a lot of respect being shown here because I, I don't know if you know the rules around here, but people have been booted off the show for less than what you just said about Sky Moore. Pete, Pete was, was willing <laughs> no, to let I, you go there a little bit. I thought I was paying I, some I, respect here to, to Sky Moore. Do you guys remember? I'm the one, anytime we're on a draft now, you guys want to draft Sky Moore, and I'm oh, the out reason on here. I'm yeah. out, out, out. So I was on JJ's He immediately side capitulated on Sky Moore. He no longer thinks he has <laughs> yeah. the sickest fucking name for a wide receiver he's ever heard. If but someone look, wants to wax poetic about J.J. Taylor, I'll play that fucking clip so fast it'll make your head spin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't have this any is, this is a This is a third times a charm situation for Western Michigan wide receivers going in round two. Oh, no. let's, let's watch it, watch it work out. It. Well, and I believe when Reeves came on, he, uh, he gave a little love to Jaden Reed. He also said that he predicts that uh, Sean over at Rotoviz is going to love Reed. Uh, Blair, any uh, inside information? Has has Sean whispered anything in your ear about Jaden Reed? Uh, I haven't heard anything about Jaden Reed. I'm looking at Sean's rankings now, actually, and I don't even see his name in the top 50. So maybe (laughs) maybe they're not – maybe these aren't the real rankings. Maybe he's got a secret set. To be fair, like like I said, Reed Reed in these mocks is like not even going in top, like in the top four rounds. I just had to mm-hmm. had to have a little fun with the last pick and and you know pour some out for Sky Moore all, all while doing it. Love it. No, we uh, <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, for the audio listeners, I'm going to recap this this draft real quick for you. Uh, Bijan Robinson, 
uh, AR-15 bitches, Jameer Gibbs, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, JSN, Will Levis, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnson, Zach Chardonnay, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, Marvin Mims, Sean Tucker, Michael Mayer, Hendon Hooker, Izzy Abanda, What, Tank, A-Chain, Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, Jaden Reed. Fellas, we did it. A two-round dynasty superflex tight end premium mock draft uh ron it was great chopping it up with you man it's uh been way too long and everybody needs to check out your youtube channel what kind of stuff do you got going on over there these days uh thanks for having me on uh channel just chopping it up rookie stuff um ron stewart's the channel so you can just type in ron stewart and i'll show up finally at the spot now where uh rod stewart doesn't show up and just flood <laughs> the uh the search results um <laughs> But yeah, we're just talking rookie stuff. Uh, we'll see if we can uh, go back to back on uh, getting the most accurate mock draft. I'm sure I'll get a, uh, I'll get bumped. It was a three way tie, so I barely won last year. But uh, yeah, so that's what I have going on there. Uh, I'll say thanks for having me on. Like this is pretty cool. Like I'm 21. I grew up like listening to to JJ's podcast, and I reference all of you guys' work all the time. Um, so really cool to be here. Thanks for having me on. For sure. And Ron, like you said, has an awesome YouTube channel. I have the I have it tagged down below. So if you're in the show description, you can just click uh, Ron's name. It'll take I you just, right over there. I just searched for you on YouTube and I got Rod Stewart. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> Back to square one. Uh, Blair, what do you guys got going on over at Rotoviz? I was scoping out. You got uh, volume two of the draft guide. What else are you working on? Yeah, volume two of the draft guide is out. We got a lot of rookie content coming up over the next month. So watch out for that. I know uh, Dave Cabin published his breakaway rush scores today, this morning that came out. And uh, I also have my backfield dominator ratings up on the site today. So definitely some good stuff to get you going with uh, running back evaluation today. And we'll have a lot more coming up over the next few weeks. Love it. Uh, JJ, what's going on over at late round QB? Of course we have the, uh, we got the draft guide, the prospect guide. What else? Yeah. Prospect guide. Uh, I got my podcast, the late round fantasy football podcast. Uh, but the draft guide's been, you know, or sorry, the prospect guide's been the thing that, that has sort of been my, my baby over the last like couple months. Um, you can check the, all of that out over on late round.com. Awesome. Uh, we'll get that link down below as well. Uh, Gretch, anything in your neck of the woods right now? Um, I had jury duty this week, but I got Ooh. off. Uh, wow! Went home right away Monday. Didn't have to go back Tuesday and, and Wednesday. Nice. Wow. I got a call after this to find out if I have to go tomorrow. So yeah, that's, wow! That's, Judicial that's process huge. 101. Um, all right, uh, Pat, legendary upside, cranking out uh pods, articles. Yes. Uh, what what's on tap? Just launched the uh, podcast today with the episode uh, with JJ that we were talking about earlier. So check that out uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And yeah, legendaryupside.com. Still run a 30-day trial. And uh, if you sign up for the yearly version of that, I'll also add $30 off your first year. So go sign up risk-free. There's lots of good content on there. Rookie stuff, uh, best ball stuff, rookie rankings uh, that I just updated right before this show. So they're, they're very, very fresh. Awesome. 
Um, say model one more time, model, 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 lots of models. I feel model envy right now. I believe I'm the only person on the panel without a model. Uh, I will be doing a best ball stream tomorrow on the fantasy life YouTube with, uh, Dwayne McFarland. We're going to hop in uh, a draft. I believe he has a little board, uh, draft as the big board, as Donovan points out, only 250 entries left in that contest. Absolutely insane that a contest that was the same size as the first best ball mania is about to fill weeks before the nfl before draft. The in end march. of march before, before the, the end of march, march. sick like Insanity. easily not even Insanity. close it wasn't even close um i appreciate all of you guys in the chat thank you for not um you know monday morning quarterbacking my google sheet skills you can always join us in the ship chasing discord if you guys become youtube members i also did a, a vip stream for youtube members on friday night just me and liam we went two hours talking best ball a bunch of fun stuff and that was good that was a good stream thank you yeah so if you yeah. guys are youtube members you can find that under the membership tab but uh it was great chopping it up with ron blair and jj we'll see what we have in store for you guys next week have a great week good luck in all your mock drafts out there uh don't forget it is tight end premium <laughs>